Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. It's great to see all of you. Uh, if you love Jesus, say, I do. Uh, so, so good to see all of you. Hey, uh, so love Skylar. Skylar oversees our small groups, and so great job, uh, Skylar and Dory. Baby number three just came. They're living the good life. That was great. Um, hey, we are uh, in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and so it's how we begin each year. And uh, so we just finished uh, this first week, and I just want to encourage you on a few things. Uh, first of all, I'd like to invite you to join us for prayer. And so we, we are doing 6.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. prayer meetings on Zoom. And so it is set up so that if you want to see people, say what's up, talk, all the extroverts, you can just put that video cam, what's up, and talk. And then all you introverts, guess what? You can hide your face. You can just kind of like, you know, join when you want to. Uh, so anyway, there's options. Um, but it's at 6.30 a.m. and then 6.30 p.m. and it's 30 minutes. So we take 20 minutes where we pray together and then we break into small groups, uh, Zoom rooms for the last 10 minutes and pray for one another. And so anyway, that's great. And if you want to jump in on that this week, that would be awesome. Uh, also, Skylar mentioned that we have the digital booklet available. You can download that at radiantchurchkc.com. And there's the prayer journal where each day there is a devotional and it's available for you to read. And so we've asked 21 people in our church to write 21 different entries. And the, the whole idea is just to help you in your own time alone with God as you pray and fast during this time. Um, a few thoughts on fasting before we start the message today. And that is, I want to encourage you, one, uh, let this fast be between you and God. We find Jesus talking in Matthew 6 about fasting, giving, and praying in secret. And so this is one of those things that it's just, it's between you and God. And so uh, I used to lead um, all these fasting retreats. I was 20 years a youth pastor, and I would find kids walking up to people being like, what are you fasting? Oh, you know, like, and then it kind of became a little bit of what Jesus was talking about. Do it not for the eyes of others, but for your father. And so I just want you to know that as a church, that's the culture that we're hoping for, that this would be just between you and God. Uh, and the second thing I would encourage you with is, is to really add prayer to the time. So it's not just foregoing something that's good, uh, but we call that a diet. <laughs> we want to invite you to actually pray more. So you're creating more time to pray. And so even if it's five to 15 minutes, I'd like to invite you to insert more prayer time. And so uh, just pray, have that time to pray, add that. Um, and I think that's the big win. Um, let's see, there was one more. What was the other thing I want to encourage you to do? Pray more. That sounds like a good preacher right here. Pray more. Oh, I know. Don't quit. Yeah, that's what I encourage you to do. Don't quit. Like sometimes I've found people and they say, oh, I quit the fast because on day five, there was free donuts at the office. And I took three bites and then had this mixed feeling, this, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Not sorry. You know, done with the fast and punted on the whole thing. Here's what I encourage you to do. Hey, listen, even if there's a day that you uh, 
that you eat or that you, or whatever it is, you know, if you're fasting Facebook, you accidentally uh, go comment on something or whatever, just, just jump back right on in with us, all right? So um, don't quit, don't give up, don't punt, all right? Okay, so uh, uh, also we're in this series and we're calling it Good God. And the idea is, is that uh, we're taking a season to feast on God. So feasting on God during our fasting season. And the whole idea comes from this book that A.W. Tozer wrote called The Knowledge of the Holy, where he talked about the different attributes of God. And so my idea was what happens if in these 21 days we actually take Sunday mornings to just talk about the attributes or the personality or the character of God. And so we called the whole series Good God. And uh, last week we're, we focused in on Holy God. We talked about what it meant that God is holy. And today I want to pull out the attribute about that God are, is faithful. He's a faithful God. And so if you've got your Bibles, we've got a lot of scripture we're going to hit today. But let's go Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, we'll go there. Hebrews 10. Let's pray and we'll go after this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are good. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are holy. We thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful. And I thank you for in this season of prayer and fasting, Lord, that we are growing in feeding upon you and less and less the things of this world. And I thank you for every person that's jumped in and engaged to whatever level. And whether they're fasting sugar or they're fasting Facebook or they're fasting, whatever it is, God, that they're voluntarily foregoing something that they enjoy because they enjoy you even more. And I ask, Lord God, that you would give them supernatural strength. I pray, Lord God, that in their time alone in prayer, it would prosper. I pray that our prayer meetings together as a church uh, would continue to revive us. And Lord God, that you would be magnified and glorified. We pray that this would be a season of renewal where our hearts would come alive. We love you. We honor you. And Radio Church said, amen. I love this song that we sang, second song this morning, about how God is good. I talk about it quite a bit because I think this conviction growing inside of us changes our lives. And so that idea that you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down, at the essence of that is you are faithful. So it's this phrase, you are good, uh, good, oh yeah, you are good. uh." And what we're doing is it's a declaration. We're just kind of saying it. And right out of that phrase is, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me. And here's why. The reason why our heart soars when we sing that song is because we're desperate for something that we can rely on. We're desperate for a person that is dependable. We're desperate in a culture and in a season and in a lifetime where so much is sinking sand for something to be rock. We're desperate. We're in need. If you think about your own life, it's, you, you can go back and just go through like the annals of your own history and find people that have let you down. Like you could take a moment and even write on your iPad, your phone, your computer, whatever you got, paper and pen, imagine that, uh, in front of you. And you could write down the moments where you have felt betrayed, where you felt lied to, that friend that let you down. Could be that family member that let you down. I mean, it could be a, a business person that let you down. Could be an employee that worked for you that let you down. Could be just going through all the different people. I mean, even to the point of a leader that you believed in that let you down. And all of us have experienced the pain 
the disappointment of that letdown. I was thinking in my own journey, and I, I, I remember just defending a guy and fighting for him and sitting over coffee uh, probably probably the third or fourth time where we had dug in and worked on motive and pulled out the Bible and talked about what was going on in his life and his heart and try, and, I, and I was fighting for him. And across the table, he looked at me and said, I just want you to know that I've been lying to you this whole time. And you just have this shock, like, what? Uh, I, I, for me, in my own journey, I, I remember the disappointment when I received a phone call late at night from a friend talking about a leader that was living a double life and somebody that I, I, I believed in and, and, and really let me down to a degree that was shocking and pulling over in my SUV on the side of the road in Colorado and just experiencing this sadness, this disappointment, this pain. You could go back and find similar moments in your own journey. Moments where you, you kind of have this, is this real? It's just possible, this pain, this hurts. This is so hard. And what the enemy wants to do is to come and lie to you and say, in the same way you can't depend on others, you can't not depend on God. He's unreliable. He's not a God that is faithful. He's not a God that you can depend on. And sometimes you look at, well, other people have let me down. Maybe God will or has let me down. Maybe you think about even your own life and how you have lied to others. You've been inconsistent. You've had a moment where you deceived. And so you kind of put that lens on God and think, well, maybe God's like me, unreliable, unfaithful. And the enemy wants to do whatever the enemy can to get you to see God falsely so that you have a wrong view of God. Yet when we look in the scriptures, there is this anthem of the faithfulness of God. Deuteronomy 7, actually, it says this. It gives him the title. He is the faithful God. Deuteronomy 7, 9. It's the faithful God. And I think you could just picture the God that you serve is the faithful God. Like that's who he is. The author of Hebrews says it this way. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. It's who he is. So more than just what he does, this attribute of God or personality of God touches so many of the attributes. He is faithful in love. He is faithful in mercy. He is faithful in his kindness. He is faithful. He's faithful God. It's who he is. Actually, we read in Revelation 19 when it speaks of Jesus, it says he is faithful and true. It's who he is. He is faithful and true. My dream is for us today to walk out of here with this assurance he is faithful. I believe. I'm going to read the scriptures and know it. Look at what David says in Psalm 36. He says this, your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. So God is faithful. Here's what David is saying. He's faithful beyond comprehension. Your faithfulness to the skies. Yes, that's in the scripture. Most of you that grew up in the, the 90s with me, you just thought that was a third day song. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you, Murray. But it is, it, is, it is more than that. This is David, and he's going, you are incomprehensible. It is incredible. It is, and, and that's my dream, that you would walk out of here with this confidence 
he, he, he is faithful. It's, it's more than I can fathom. Jeremiah says it this way in Lamentations 3. Yet this I call to mind. So I'm remembering. I pull this up. I pull this file from my history. This I believe. I'm going to put this thought in the front. And therefore I have hope. So I, I, I've got my hope. Here's what my hope is in. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faith. Great is thy faithfulness. He is faithful today. He is faithful. His love, his compassion, new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. And it's this new mercies every day. So you can even think a new day, his faithfulness to have mercy today. His faithfulness to show me kindness today. I heard a story, I don't know if it's true. I searched it on Google, I couldn't find it, but I'm gonna go with it and hope to God that it's true. Here we go. Uh, but I heard, I heard a story about uh, John Piper, who is a pastor in, in uh, I almost said Bethlehem, but that's not it. Uh, it's in Minneapolis and his church is called Bethlehem Baptist Church. Um, so not Bethlehem, anyway. Uh, so in Minneapolis, but there's a story that uh, he was meeting with some friends and the sun started to rise and he told them to be quiet for just a moment. He went over, looked at the sunrise and said, my God, he's done it again. And it's that awe and wonder. He's, the sun rose again today. He is the creator God. His mercy is new every morning. It's a new day. And the sunrise caused wonder and awe. That's Lamentations 3. Jeremiah is saying, I pull out the file. I bring it up. I call to mind. So each day, it's that faithfulness incomprehensible like Princess Bride, inconceivable. It's that incomprehensible. It's, sorry. It's a little caffeine today. It's that, wow. And, and I pray to God I don't look like the Zini. But anyway, um, but I do a little bit more every day. All right. Um, so you call that to mind. You go, he is, he is the God that is, actually that great is thy faith. That's what it's talking about. It's that great, great is thy faithfulness. It's, that, and so that's Jeremiah. And I, I just want us to get that. Most of us know that as a hymn. Most of us know that as a song. Great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3. God, you're faithful. You're good. A.W. Tozer said, uh, faithfulness is that, in God, is that in God which guarantees that he, will never act, that he will never be or act inconsistent with himself. He is faithful in holiness. He is faithful in love. He is faithful in grace. He does not change. He is faithful. Psalm 119, verse 9, he says, your faithfulness continues through all generations. I wish you switch you get that. Your faithfulness continues through all generations so you can lock in with this. God is faithful today, right now. So it is not just in Jeremiah's day. It is not just in David's day. It is today. It is in my generation. You are faithful. I love the way that Joshua says at the end of his life, Joshua 21, 45, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. It is, you've been faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. You've been good. And the enemy will come along and say, he was faithful in a different generation, but he's not faithful to you. And he's not faithful in your day. It's been too long. Too many years. Mm. You know, for me, in my generation, in my time, I'm experiencing uh, a fresh work just 
in my son's life. My son, Justice, is 10. and Our kids are 16, 14, 13, and 10. And on December 9th, one month and one day ago, uh, my son, Justice, came out of a time of prayer, came to my wife, Renata, and said, um, Poppy's best day, my, my dad had been in the hospital for 27 days, 26 days, and he said, uh, Poppy's best day will be tomorrow. And then it was the next day on December 10th that they walked in, and my dad, who was on 60 mil. 60 liters of oxygen went 55, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, all the way down to five on that day, one month ago today. And I was thinking about what that does in the heart of a 10-year-old, about his generation. It is not just the stories of his grandparents' generation that sang, great is thy faithfulness. Or his dad's generation that says, you're never going to let me down. Whoa! You know? <laughs> it is his generation right here, right now. God at work. It is God today, now, from generation to generation. In fact, we filmed that um, Christmas Eve service at Bob and Marcy Sorge's house. And uh, Joel Sorge was recording it. And we recorded it at their house, and as we were leaving, Bob pulled my kids aside and said, uh, one of the great things about this miracle for your poppy, for your grandfather, is that the next generation is going to see the miracles of God. So what is it? It is not that he was just faithful in yesteryear. It is not he was faithful just in a generation ago. It is he is faithful today in 2021. He is faithful now. And you start to get that bedrock in your heart. You start to get that inside of you. It starts to change how we live. Third idea, God is faithful no matter what. So listen to 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. And I just want us to get this because one of the lies that the enemy says is you've been unfaithful to God, therefore he's gonna be unfaithful to you. Seems like, oh, don't say that. But deep down, we start to believe that. He'll be faithful to somebody else. I've gone too far, messed up too much, lied too often. I'm too addicted to pornography. I've got too much arrogance. I'm too greedy. I've got too many broken marriages. I've got, I'm too disobedient to my parents. I, fill in the blank. And so we pull back in shame. But I just want you to know that God, no matter what, he remains the same. He is unchanging. He is the God of mercy. He's the God of kindness. And even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He remains faithful even when I falter. My character won't change his character. He is a rock. He's a faithful, faithful God. And so I just want to lean into that for just a moment and just give you three kind of sub points under that idea. Because I want to invite you, when you have been unfaithful, to have bedrock in your heart, He'll be faithful to me. Look at this. I'm going to give you just three, just real quick. First John 1, 9, just, just look at this. God is faithful to forgive you. Look at this, verse, uh, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, and here's this word, he is faithful and just and will, will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So I've been unfaithful. 
I come before God, and when I've been unfaithful, I confess my sin, and John gives us here, and he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Just get that. He is faithful to forgive. When I've, when I've been unfaithful, I come before God and the faithful God, he's faithful to forgive. Paul gives us this in 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3, he says, but the Lord is faithful. There's that word again, just keeps hitting. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. So God is faithful to strengthen me and protect me. So God is faithful to forgive me, 1 John 1, 9, and he is faithful to strengthen me and protect me. That's encouraging. That's part of the faithfulness of God. You know about the attributes of God? Here's one, faithful, faithful to forgive. How? I come before him and I confess, here's where I'm at. Here's what I've done. He's faithful to forgive. Then he's faithful to protect you, to strengthen you. I love that because I picture, I love John 17. Jesus prays this over his disciples that the father would protect them from the evil one. And this is so much of my life. God, strengthen me. God, I need your strength. I'm in a war zone. I've got temptation all around me. God, I need you. Protect me. Strengthen me. And then Paul gives us one more with the same word faithful says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is, here's the word again, faithful. So he's faithful to sanctify you. That's a big word. We talked about it a little bit last week. He is holy. And because he is holy, as we behold him, we become like him. But I just want you to show this. I just want you to see the faithfulness of God in the journey because we get it from John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. And then Paul gives us, he's faithful to protect you and to strengthen you. And then we get this last one. And he's faithful to transform you to be like him, to look like him. And now may the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, I mean, all of you, I'm set apart. That's the vision of this church, that you would be, go on that journey with Jesus and end up in this place of looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, being like Christ and the people of Kansas City go, whoo, there's power. There's, there's, there's a real reflection of God in the people of God. And you go, it's not about me. No, the whole journey has been his faithfulness. He's the one that was faithful to forgive. He's the one that was my strength and protected me. He's the one that was faithful to sanctify me through and through. It is right here, according to Paul, it is God. He's the one who will do it. God is faithful. And so you get, you get that burning in your bones. You get that alive on the inside and it changes who you are. You get assurance of God's faithfulness and it affects how we live. Because if you get that, Right here, I believe it. It will grow your faith. It will grow your faith. Look at this, Hebrews 11, 11. So I wanna give you just some of the assur- things you can be, assur- assurance of God's faithfulness, how it'll transform your present tense life. A few practical ideas. Number one, it'll grow your faith. Look at this story in Hebrews 11. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children 
because she considered him faithful. She considered him faithful who had made the promise. If you'll look at the promises of God and go, apart from even what I can see, this is the story of Sarah, I, it seems impossible. I'm too old to have a child. This sounds crazy. And here's the writer of Hebrews saying, because she considered him faithful. That's what I want you to do. I want you to just go, he's faithful. We sing it over and over again. I believe it. It's the word of God. And so now, because I have the assurance of his faithfulness, it empowers me and strengthens me to walk by faith. I'm going to consider him faithful. And if you consider him faithful, you'll find yourself doing things that you never thought you would ever do. I mean, if deep in your bones you believe he's a faithful God, you start to talk differently. You've seen it. You've seen people that do jaw-dropping acts of faith that step out. Why? Because they are solid. I can walk on this. I can depend on this. I've been here before, and he's been faithful before. He'll be faithful again, and because I believe he'll be faithful again, I'm going to step out. I grew up my elementary years in northern Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, and... Um, there was a guy in our church that enjoyed taking me ice fishing. He wanted to take me and my dad, but my dad don't do that. So he, I just went with him. And uh, I was eight years old, and I went multiple times. And uh, we would go out to fish for trout out on this lake. And the first time that we ever went out, and I saw people like out on the ice, way out there, I remember the thought, they're stupid. Like just eight years old, never, what on, that is crazy. People have vehicles out on the ice, people in tents out on the ice. And I remember thinking just, I'm never doing that. That is insane. Those people are crazy. What kind of idiot would do that? Until I've been there a while, taken a few steps out, followed a leader, Watched another fisherman, drilled down, and the next time we went a little further out, a little further out, before too long, I was the eight-year-old kid that's like, this is awesome. I'm an ice fisherman, right? Here's what goes on with us. We go, are you crazy? I can't step out in faith like that. I can't step out and lead like that. I can't step out and pray and fast like that. I can't step out and give like that. I can't step out and make disciples like that, study the word of God like that, sacrificially care about people in another part of the world that have never heard the gospel like that. But here's what happens. You start to look story after story after story in the scriptures, story after story after story of people in church history, story after story of people in your community of faith that have seen God work, and then story after story starts to build on your own resume of God's faithfulness. And before too long, you find yourself... I'm going out there. I, I, I believe. I'm going to consider him faithful. And you'll find yourself out in the deep end going, I trust. God, you've been good. You've been faithful. It's not just a song I sing or a song that my parents sang or generations ago my grandparents sang. This is my song. This is my story. He's been good throughout history. He's been faithful. His promises, according to Joshua, 
Not one of them didn't come to pass. You are good. And I love that song. And when we sing uh, that song, you're never going to let me down. You can sing it wrong, you know. You can sing it and make you the center. You're never going to let me down. And it becomes God is a means to your end. And you can, have a, you, can, you can put the wrong emphasis and turn it into heresy. Or you can sing it the right way, and it is great doctrine. You're never going to let me down. You are never going to let me down. I don't understand this circumstance. I don't like the hard things going on. I wish things were different financially. I wish things were different politically. I wish things were different relationally. I wish things were different with my kids. I wish things, I wish circumstances, but this I know. You've been faithful before. You're faithful to the end. Your name is the faithful God. Revelation says you are faithful and true. And this I know, your faithfulness stretches to the sky. And so you're never going to let me down. You're faithful, and so I stand on it. Because I stand on it, I'll take risks I've never taken before. I'll step out and be a person sanctified. Why? You're faithful to do the work. You're the one that got me here. And not only will your assurance of God's faithfulness get you to take more steps of faith, but your life of faithfulness to God will start to grow because of gratitude. I just want to be holy gods. I just want to be surrendered. I just want you to have 100% of my life. Why? Because you've been faithful to me. You've been so good to me. And actually what starts to happen is that the narrative of the faithfulness of God becomes a, a subject that you, you just like to talk about God. And so that's the tricky thing about the faithfulness of God because it's an attribute that touches all of them. It's an attribute where you can say, yeah, his mercy is new every morning and his love and he, I mean, he all, but it's, it's that consistency of who God is. It's this, he is dependable. He is reliable. This word faithful is this Greek word, pistos. It means dependable and reliable. He's dependable and he's reliable to you. And so it becomes a part of, it's not something you run from like, yes, it's what the preacher talks about. It's what the singer sings about. It's what the writers write about, but it's not my story. It becomes your story, and you enjoy it, and you hang there. You want to talk about it. You love it. Oh. So I was thinking about uh, Renata and I. Uh, we got married and, in May of 2000 and uh, lived in Colorado Springs, moved to Colorado Springs in the summer of 2000. And uh, in the fall of 2000, this man gave me two tickets to an Air Force football game, college football game. And um, I, unique thing about my marriage is I love football and Renata does not love football. And so, um, and so I learned more that day. So we got there and, uh, and the two tickets uh, came with a free drink and a free hot dog for each ticket. And so we got there. It was a beautiful day. It was like maybe the first or second game of the season. I mean, it's a perfect day out. Probably, you know, September, it's nice, it's sunny. It's just, it's the, if ever there was a day to take your 23-year-old bride to a football game, I mean, you and I know that you, there's football games where you, it is ice cold. Like, it, this is an easy game to go to. And this was nice seats, and, and we got a free meal. I mean, yes, I'm thinking it's going to go well. We sit there for maybe three or four minutes, and Renata says, hey, babe, let's go get the hot dog and the Coke. And I thought, okay, we normally do that at halftime, but we can do that three minutes in. What's up? I can, I can handle that. 
I mean, we had just gone through premarital counseling and I had learned, okay, there's some things you just, you, you know, give and take. So I was like, all right. So we go, we get the hot dog and we get the Cokes. It takes us about, real quick, nobody's in line at the concession stand that early in the game. And so we get it, we, we go back, <laughs> we sit there. It takes us six minutes to eat, maybe, maybe seven. We've had our food down for about two or three minutes. There's still about six or seven minutes left in the first quarter. And my wife goes, wife of four months, let's go. And I was like, what? And she's like, ah, this is boring. And I was like, yeah. Why is it boring to her? Because she don't know what's going on. She don't care. She knows nothing about football. Like she's not into it. So for her, it's like, why stay? Let's go. We've already seen the airplanes. We've already eaten the food. Football's boring. I'm out. Right? But for me, I cared about the game. I, I, I like it. I, I, I know about football. I, I care about a winner. I, I, let's watch the game. Here's, here's what we do. We go, yeah, let's sing the song, read the book, but it's not relevant to me. I'm out. Here's what I invite you to. You'll have the other response when you spend time praying in the scriptures. You get the stories inside of you. He was faithful to Joshua, and he was faithful to Moses. He's been faithful to David. He's faithful to Daniel. What was Jeremiah talking about when, he, when Jeremiah said, he's, great is thy faithfulness? And not just, man, a biblical story, but also go through and go the ways that he's been faithful in a church community, the way he's been faithful to me. And you get in your own stories. No, God, you're the God that turned a ragtag group of kids praying in Colorado to a bill conference of thousands. And God, you're the one that started this church with my family, some friends that showed up from across the country. And God, you're the one that, man, you touched my dad and the hospital bed in Olathe. And you know what starts to happen? It's you're not like, hey, I'm not into this. You're like, no, this is my story. And this is a bigger story than anything else going on. I care about, this is who my God, he is faithful. He is true. Great is thy faithfulness. His faithfulness stretches to the sky. This is who God is. Your faith will grow and your faithfulness back to him. Well, you just go, I care to be faithful to God. I care about learning the knowledge of God because I've seen the faithfulness of God. And also your worship will grow. You'll go from being like, hey, I want to be, you know, 70% faithful to God, to go, no, 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 I want to be 100% faithful. God, you can have it all, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. You, God, I want you to, I want you to have all of me. God, you are faithful and true. You are worthy. You are good. And so this admiration, declaration, just this confession, faithful. Faithful you've been, Faithful you are, faithful you will be. Circumstance does not dent if I believe that you are faithful. It's bedrock conviction that I've read from the scripture. And I don't know how all of circumstance plays out, but I know you're faithful. And you've been faithful in biblical times. You've been faithful in church history. You're faithful to the people in my small group. You're faithful to my family. 
And instead of making me the center, where I'm going to define if he's been faithful based upon the way that I interpret circumstance, because ultimately that is me, I'm going to say, not you're never going to let me down because you're going to do what I want you to do. It's this, you're never going to let me down because you're the faithful God and you never have. And one day you'll look back at actual circumstance and you'll go, he's faithful, he's good. His mercy is new every morning. His compassion, they fail not. Great is his faithfulness. We just bow your heads. You just say, God, open up my eyes to behold you, the faithful God. Show me. And would you just ask the Lord to open up your eyes and your heart to the word of God this week? Our season of prayer and fasting. Maybe you're here today. And when I talked about being unfaithful to God, you say, that's me. I've been unfaithful. Whether you've made a decision for Jesus years ago, never made a decision. But here's the reality. If you'll confess your sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive you. I want to invite you today to take a step and make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so even if you've been unfaithful, there is a God who is faithful. And he today, he will have relationship with you, covenant relationship with you. And he will save you for eternity. Here's how you begin the journey. Pray this prayer, Father, I give you my life. I confess my sin. Change me. I want to know you and walk with you. I give you my life. I choose to follow you. I want to be with you forever. Give me new life in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, whether you're in the room or online, I want to invite you just to fill out that digital connection card that's on the website. And right there, you can comment on there if you want to get connected to a small group. If you want to be a small group leader, you can connect what you're looking for with prayer. And you can connect that you gave your life to Jesus. And we want to walk with you on that journey. It's the delight of our lives to walk with you on that journey.